Hey guys, welcome back to another TechCast Friday on the 429 Podcast. I'm 4. I'm 2. And I'm 9. And let's, uh, without further ado, we only have a little bit of time for these TechCasts, so let's jump right into some articles here. Alright, so, article number 1. 3D printing okay. is possible <laughs> inside the body now for doing things like patching stomach ulcers, for doing things like fixing, uh, fixing hernias, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So... Essentially, they're not looking at this. They're looking at this thing called in vivo bioprinting, right? So essentially, what that'll be is while you're still like closed up, you know, without ever opening up your body, doctors and engineers are looking at using a 3D printer to do in vivo bioprinting inside of you to fix things without ever having to actually open up your body, right? So when they open up your body, there's a whole host of risks associated with that, right? There's infection. They could mess up. If a doctor slips and cuts a vein, you could have blood loss, right? So, so like, you want me to just swallow a 3D printer or show a 3D printer up my ass? Yeah, kind of, exactly. You already, you already exactly. shoved things up your ass, so might as well just add a 3D printer to the Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, this is actually looking like some really cool technology. It's nothing that's too advanced right now. Um, the same technology is used to do, you know, non-in vivo bioprinting, to do things like printing bone grafts and other things that still need to be implanted. But, you know, later down the line, technologies like this could be used to maybe even do things like replicate entire organs or perform, you know, internal fixes on, like, major on major problems without actually having to cut you open. So, I mean, I think walks this is into, pretty cool. What do you guys think? Walks into Best Buy, looks at the 3D picture. Can I, is this the one I could shove up my ass? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sir, please don't do a demo in front of everyone. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's fucking. I think it's cool. I'm, me and Flor have talked about the benefits. I think I don't know. If we did it on on our podcast. So we talked about the the great benefits that 3D printing has currently, and that oh, it yeah. can bring later on. And we talked about maybe we could do an episode on this if you guys want to hear it. Oh, but yeah, we talked cool. about like right now. Let's just think about it right now. The benefits of 3D printing, like you for home and crafts and IoT, it's yeah. it's it's its benefits are so insanely. Uh, like helpful and convenient and like now and i i seen glimpses of it in the medical like we talk about now and like industrial and architecture uh it's it's insanely promising it's really cool and we even saw like even technically medical for a while has been a big player in 3d printing i the first thing i think of is those prosthetic arms yeah right yeah. a lot of like students and uh college projects have been trying to like make the make prosthetic arms for the cheap and the bigger player in that is 3d printing the materials yep i honestly this is cool this is really i don't cool. know it's weird i don't know it's, i find it a little weird you find it real but this is the future of yeah, cyberpunk we're just getting to the cyberpunk world right now all right four hit us with the next one yep so there's this new nonprofit. It is called the Nonprofit coalition for app fairness um essentially this is made um in combination with a bunch of app developers and game developers, most notably Epic Games and Spotify, of course. Uh, as well as a, <laughs> as well as a company I haven't heard of before, but was listed as one of their bigger uh, sponsors Wait, called Match Group. Is, is this the collision that Epic wanted to start way back? A yes, couple weeks ago? yes, I, I believe yeah. this is the one. So, I mean, this is essentially now a nonprofit, and they are specifically targeting fairness on app stores, and you know, most notably Apple's App Store. And I mean, you know, we've been talking about this for the past couple of weeks, right? You know, you all know Apple removed Fortnite off the App Store and that 30% fee that they charge all of their... Yeah, uh, and you haven't customers. heard about that. 
Welcome to the Four Time Podcast. Yep. So, I mean, this is a this is this is a really big step. There's never been something like this before. I see this almost as like a union for app developers, right? This is kind of what it sounds like to me. So, what do, what do you guys think? It's crazy. I didn't think anyone would actually take them up on that offer. <laughs> to be honest with you, when Epic first proposed, Spotify like, out of all places took them up on the offer. Spotify yeah. well, made a shit ton of money on the. Well, Apple. you gotta remember that Spotify has a really bad beef with Apple for a long time. And they may have like slowly got over it, but like I don't think Spotify really. I think like a bad X, uh, they haven't really got over it. Like you gotta remember, like maybe a year ago now or two years ago, Spotify and Apple were pretty much the same boat where Epic and Apple were mm-hmm. in the exact same boat with just small context changes. But Spotify was in the same like position where Epic was, or they wanted to sell their membership directly and not have to pay the huge price cut and apple was like hell no jose so i'm not surprised spotify did it i am i am kind of surprised mostly because there is going to be a like a public backlash especially from apple because you kind of just put a target on yourself when you kind of like say you're joining this you know yep it's not gonna be nice honestly i just don't see this going anywhere right i think it's a i think you know it's a nice theory but like until, oh, have, like, the people live. who need to actually make this coalition would have been Apple, Google, and the guys who own the app stores, not well, the guys who are consumers of the app stores, right? Well, so, that's, that's, the, that's, or, that's the opposite, though, right? Have, that's, that's, like, that's like having the, the U.S. – that's like having, you know, whatever company you are own the union for that company, right? You can't expect yeah. them to keep themselves in check. It just doesn't yeah, happen. these are basically – you got to think about it, right? From, think of it like an old-timey kind of version, right? These are guys are essentially the workers of the industrial factory, right? The factory owner being Apple, and these guys are their, I guess you say, like factory employees working. Mm-hmm. So it kind of does make sense. It doesn't make sense for Apple to do it, and it really doesn't make sense for Google to do it because there's a huge conflict of interest there. Mm-hmm. To, to like to their huge rivals for do is it just apple is it just uh, epic and spotify or like any other big name players those were the only so uh, the only ones i saw listed in the article were epic games spotify and match group those are the match big ones group. interesting yep well i guess i guess we just gotta see where this is goes yeah. i mean I'm, I'm really surprised spotify joining on day one i thought maybe they'll you know tease it a little bit but then joining yeah. later but we'll see all right anyway next in the news Microsoft is set to acquire Zenimax Media, and if you don't know, Zenimax Media is actually you know about this. Zenimax is the owner of Bethesda Softworks, aka the makers of Elder Scrolls and Fallout. So, oh, Fallout. a lot, a lot of people are thinking that this is a big move by Microsoft to kind of further expand their entire Game Pass experience. Right? You know, they have 15 million subscribers on Game Pass now. So by acquiring another game studio that can let them have more exclusives. That was recent. Right? And it might even give them the opportunity to just list whatever they want on their Game Pass platform with no worries. Um, So this is a $7.5 billion cash deal as well. So I I think that's uh, probably one of the, you know, this week at least. I want to put this in perspective for people who are listening right now. 7 point whatever, 7.5 billion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Cash as well. Cash. Cash. Well, I want people to realize that's basically three times more than Microsoft paid for Mojang, which was has the highest played game of all time, Minecraft. So they basically paid three times more for what is right now essentially the highest paid game of all time. Yep. That's 
pretty insane. It's pretty nuts. Um, also, weird thing, I found this out recently. This is actually not the biggest uh, video game company acquirement, actually. I thought this was, but it wasn't. Uh, it was actually Tencent, who oh, has wow. the highest one. I think it was for like nine billion, and they bought a mobile company. That's I don't, crazy. I forgot the name, but they bought you know the guys who made uh, Classic Clans. Yep. They bought them for like nine billion dollars. Interesting. Mobile game is a big business. A lot of people tend to forget that, but mobile gaming is a huge business. It makes. It I makes think money. in terms of this, I think this is an amazing deal for Microsoft, oh, yeah. right? The way I really see, I see Microsoft becoming like the Disney of like these content services, right? Yeah. So Microsoft wants to own all the content, right? And then just go and launch them on their service, which I think you know we've seen it work for Disney. It has, it's been, it's working amazingly for Dis, for Disney, right? So I think Microsoft can also pull it off in the video game industry too. Also, yes, I think thing. I think it's a little tougher. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think it's a little tougher just because Disney was already the behemoth, right? Disney yep. already owned everything, or they had minor stakes in each of the you know film industries. Microsoft is still video games are still that you know escape where. You're not only competing with, you know, China and all the video games they're producing, but you're also competing with, you know, Sony and Nintendo, well, and right? The only thing have, to keep in mind here is that even though that you're right, they're not like a big mogul in terms of like the biggest game creator. Um, they do have one big kind of advantage. They the own money. no well, money the is money. true, but they own <laughs> the most commonly used gaming platforms in the, pretty much in the world, right? They own Windows. Exactly. They own Xbox. I mean, combine those two platforms, they have they have full control over both of those platforms. They own all so... the Windows in my house? Exactly. Yes. yes. Exactly. Even the new one you just put in. Yeah. That exactly. one. Oh, nice, nice. I was going to say, speaking of Disney, right? This also acquirement, I keep forgetting, cost more than what Disney paid for Star Wars, which oh, is another it... crazy thing if you think about it. Because Star Wars is already a money-making machine. One of the biggest movie franchises in the history of movie We're franchises and to, yeah, movies and merchandise and video games. Although you, I mean, you and... gotta think about it. Elder Scrolls and Fallout, like just those two game systems or gaming, uh, kind of. Well, like... Elder Scrolls and Fallout the same thing, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it it makes sense. There are some, honestly, it's just a it's just a. Huge move. It's a, a big. What do, what, do you, a, what do you mean by the same thing? Like Elder Scrolls is Skyrim, Oblivion, Fallout is like Fallout Three, Fallout New Vegas. Well, Elder, when you say when you say Elder Scrolls and Skyrim, and you're saying like two separate things, it's it's the, the actual titles Elder Scrolls Five, Skyrim. No, 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 I said Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Fallout. They're two different series. Well, you said Skyrim. Did he say Skyrim? No, he said Fallout. Oh, okay. Never mind. We then. can rewind. We can rewind yeah, this. And anyway, anyway, let's move on. But, Pass this one. You're wrong. While, while, we're, while we're on the topic of acquisitions, um, I think we might have briefly touched on this at some point, but uh, it is now official. Um, the Trump administration and different U.S. officials have given the okay for U.S. acquisition of, or at least partial acquisition of TikTok by Oracle and um, Walmart. So in this deal, it's structured in a way that Oracle is going to become a 12.5% owner of TikTok Global. Walmart is going to become a 7.5% owner of TikTok Global. And even though ByteDance still owns 80% of TikTok Global as a whole, um, U.S. investors happen to own 40% of ByteDance. So equivalently, U.S. investors will have a 53% stake in TikTok Global, meaning that U.S. will be a majority owner of TikTok as an entire corporation. Um... And then this is all the also hinging is, on TikTok adding 25,000 new jobs to the U.S. 
and $5 billion promised for an education fund. So now we're just waiting for China to give their approval for the deal and things will be kind of done, completed. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. I was like, did China approve it, right? So now, like, we got the U.S. We got the U.S. arm out of the way. And now yep. it's up to Beijing who has to be like, hey, yeah, like, we'll go with the deal. And I th- there's going to be some pushback. I think there's going to be some pushback. But I'm just, honestly, this has been one of the most confusing acquisitions I've ever read in my life. And I've read about a ton of acquisitions, oh, right? Yep. It's like, I don't know who, who owns what. Like, you're telling me, like, they have these percentages that they own global. But then I just read an article the other day that TikTok that TikTok was like, yeah, t- they own zero percent of TikTok globally. And then Oracle comes out and says, no, we own the U.S. based operations of TikTok. And it's like, what what the hell is going on here, right? Yeah, like, yep. I feel like no one's on the same page here, and it's really gonna. I really don't think this is gonna go well from a business standpoint, yeah. but we'll see. Not any thoughts? Yeah, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right, okay, let's let, let's move on. Um, so another interesting topic, an ex-content moderator of YouTube is actually now in the process of filing a class action lawsuit for claims of job-related and job-caused PTSD and depression symptoms. So another one? obviously you guys understand that, you know, as a content moderator, you're looking at probably the worst of the worst things, right? Someone's got to take down all of the illegal, immoral, and you know, bad things that show up on these, baby uh, on these shark so, baby. someone's got to be responsible for looking through all that and validating, you know, what's going to qualify as not allowed in the platform and what isn't. Um, so they have a huge, they have huge like armies of these freaking content moderators. And there's always been a lot of concern over the mental health of these moderators, because I mean, you got to realize they're looking at terrible things, right? They're watching beheadings and murders and child abuse and, you know, all different types of disturbing content. So, I think the number um, two they found too. This 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 one employee or, or former employee in particular um, says that she's having you know horrific nightmares all the time. She can't be in crowded places due to fear of mass shootings, terrorist attacks, and you know just overall her ability to get panic attacks so quickly and you know often. Uh, she even says that she's lost a bunch of friendships over you know all of her new symptoms and whatnot. So uh, it's going to be a real class quick though. Lawsuit. Like yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but. Yeah, like real quick though, but didn't you like sign up for this? Like, the, like I I hate to get all like, oh, like I like I feel bad for her. Like her symptoms are very real. I feel very bad for her and everything. Oh, like it too. Yep. With the whole PTSD, but like, but like, didn't you sign up knowing the risks well, of the job? Ab- that, ab- that's what abs- I want to know. I don't know. Absolutely, I think that that's probably going to be Google's and uh, YouTube's biggest kind of like fallback points. But the actual law that they're that they're going after is a California state law where workplaces are required to provide uh, a safe workspace. And even if it's not, even if, you know, it's as safe as can be for the job that they're, that they're performing, um, they're required to have different things in place to help safeguard their mental health. Right. So Uh, if they don't, if they don't, if they don't have, um, you know, therapists and counselors and, you know, maybe that's a different type of lawsuit stuff. there. Yeah, correct. So exactly. Th- this is what they're going after. And, you know, I don't I don't know all of the facts on this law on this lawsuit in particular just yet. But I would imagine that they're probably going to try and say that whatever YouTube was doing just wasn't substantial enough for what the job that they were expecting people to do. Was. See, now, that's fair. See, now that could be fair because we know Google has literally I don't yeah. know if anyone any one of our listeners have been to any Google campus worldwide. They literally have everything in the world on that place, yeah, right? It's like, impressive. you don't need to do anything in your life 
if you go work at a Google campus or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Especially one of their main ones, like Mountain View. But um, it'll be interesting to see here with YouTube because I don't know if YouTube employees are afforded the same sort of, I would say, quote unquote, quote unquote, like luxuries as like the main campus employees, right? Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to really open some insights into, you know, YouTube, how the work environment space is there, especially, especially in regards to California and how it's going to affect mental health there. But it's a very, this is going to be a, an interesting one, right? I may actually follow yeah. this one closely to see how it plays out. And, you know, this is actually a really big deal also. I'm sure you guys remember from, you know, we went to the Facebook developer conference two years ago, or maybe it was last yeah. year. I can't quite remember, but one of their big talking points was, how they're using artificial intelligence to automatically scan um, images and videos for content that violates their terms of service or might be illegal, and they're doing as we've seen, you know, specifically Facebook... to make it so that way people don't have to look at a majority of these, you know, blatantly, mm-hmm. obviously terrible things to watch, right? So that's a, mm-hmm. a really good use of AI that they're implementing and can really help safeguard mental fair. health. I think that's fair, right? Um, but like. We need to see the accuracy of that, right? So Facebook has still been notorious for a bunch of stuff they've censored that shouldn't have been censored, yep. and stuff that they sh- and stuff like that, right? So we know it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying a human is perfect either, but I guess the way it works is that you have to specifically flag this content, right? Correct. For that, for it to go to this person's desk, yep. and so I guess that's where it gets a little. I hairy. would, I would but, imagine that it probably have to be some type of of uh, algorithm where it would give it a rating, you know, and if it's like over ninety percent sure that it's bad, it just automatically takes it down, and if it's above seventy percent sure, maybe it sends it to somebody, right? So you'd have to look at it like that or whatever. Anyway, yeah, let's move on to our next. Just a really small article that I kind of thought was was neat. Um, Apparently, there's a set of anonymous hackers in Belarus that have stolen data, personal data, on a ton of their police officers. Um, And they have purposefully leaked a thousand police officer personal data records. And this wasn't just a standard hack. This was pure retaliation in in the form of a protest. So it was hacktivism, I would call it. Um, So the Belarus president um, has kind of cracked down on uh, street demonstrations against him. And he's having more of their police force kind of like rile in all of these like demonstrations that are going on and kind of like taking away their ability to kind of have an open forum to display their kind of anger and frustration. And this was a hacktivist attack against him specifically. And if I was reading the article correctly, it seems like they're going to continue doing this and keep releasing records until they stop. This is going to be an interesting one because now it really turns the tables on the cops over there. I don't know if you guys have been watching the videos of the protests out in Belarus. Right, my heart goes out to everyone in Belarus um, right now, but it's it's brutal out there, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just we'll see what happens, but this is definitely going to be a turning point for you know the police, right? So it's like unless they're afforded government protections, right? Yep. It's gonna yep. be it's gonna be a very very tough time for the police out there. Yep, yep. And the protesters themselves are already going through hell out there, so. Yep, no, it's gonna be, I, it's, I, it's, I agree. It's gonna be weird. All right. Anyway. Another really big piece of news, and this kind of ties in directly to one of my big articles for the week, so let's go ahead and talk about this. Small article, and then I'll jump into the big article, and we can react to both of them at the same time. So, California is ready to pull the plug on gas-powered vehicles. So, California's governor has just created a ban of sale on all gasoline-powered passenger cars and trucks that is set to start being enforced in 2035. Now, this doesn't mean that if you own a gas-powered car... You know, you're going to have to sell it or you can't use it or you won't be able to get gas or whatever. 
you know, you'll still be able to do all of those things, but new gas-powered vehicles will be unable to be purchased in California starting in uh, January 2035. Um, Bro, by 2040, you could throw one EMP and you knock out the whole state of California everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> like... literally. But anyway... I mean, you, this... you could already do that right now with the cars. I mean, cars use electricity, too. This, this, this leads into the other article I want to at least put out there. This is a big article before we start reacting on this topic because they're highly related. So... Elon Musk, right around the same time of this happening, has revealed a plan to slash electric battery costs by a, a, a huge margin, roughly 56%. And if wow. you don't know, you know, electric car batteries are the most expensive component of those cars. So he's promised pretty much that within three years, there will be a $25,000 Tesla on the market available for consumer purchase. And not only will it be much cheaper... But the, so these new cylindrical cells they're using that are going to replace their existing batteries, they're going to be able to provide five times more energy, six times more power, and they'll have a 16% greater driving range. Um, and like was I said, this that's a, with all the, within with, three was years. With the new Tesla, was this with the new Tesla battery announcement and the yeah, exactly. report is, that they did? This, yep, yeah. yep, exactly. And if you guys I'm didn't see, just a little funny remark, but the whole, the whole event happened at their uh, headquarters, I believe in California. And all of these people that showed up, they were socially distanced inside of their Teslas in the parking lot. So it's just That's a ton funny. of Teslas, like hundreds of them. It was pretty funny. I'm pretty right. stoked right. about this. I think this is, uh, you know, awesome for the environment and everything. But I guess just one question I had surrounding all this electrical car stuff before, like, before California actually goes and implements, like, this law in place, right? Yep. Yeah. Do we, like, my biggest issue with these electric cars is that we haven't seen these cars... I guess, break yet, right? Mm-hmm. So we've seen mechanical cars break. We know we could reuse the parts and go with that and everything, right? Yep. I'm 90% sure you can't really... I'm pretty sure you can't really do that with, like, Teslas, right? You can't really reuse a Tesla part from one Tesla to another unless you go to a certified manufacturer, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess my other issue is, like, the batteries that die, right? And we have this problem with cars, too. I have the same problem with cars. Like, car batteries that die, and, like, these, these batteries are obviously much bigger and heavier, yep. right? yep. How are we, like, disposing of them, right? Like, are those not causing issues as well? Yeah, I don't know. Like, for the environment? Couldn't tell you. I, I'm not certain. I would say... Maybe they recycle them? Could be possible. I don't know. Could that, be. That's, that's all I want. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Like, how is it really playing out? And can you recycle that? Yes, you can. I think yep. so, I think so okay. yeah. Apple does it. So not okay. to that scale, but it's uh, essentially the same components. You can recycle them. There's a lot of components of it that can be recycled. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I think for me, one of the biggest issues I have with this, um, I, I do think electric cars are really cool if they're, you know, better for the environment and, you know, you know, why not use them, right? Everyone should use them then. Of um, course. Yeah. If there's, if they only, if they only benefit everybody, you know, let's go for it, right? Obviously it's a good thing mm. to do, but my biggest problem that I'm thinking of with them is. You know, especially in California, California's electric grid, you know, they're already doing rolling blackouts because they can't support, you know, the air conditioner usage. You know, how all of a sudden are you going to be able to put tens of millions of new electric cars on that power grid and expect for them to not, you know, be overwhelmed, right? You know, that's why I think that's why I think the governor of California has extended 15 years down the line. And I think it's precisely for this reason, if they're very smart about implementing this plan. Mm-hmm. They'll mm-hmm. go to their those power companies and do a full blown rework of that power grid. It's gonna be expensive, shit, bro. Like that's gonna that you're talking about a hundred year old, two hundred year old power lines, right? Yep. Like, especially in the more rural areas of California, it's gonna be very tough. 
So, so it's a, it's going to be a big lift and shift. But if California is able to accomplishment accomplish this, I think they really set a standard for the rest of the United States and the world oh, yeah. when it's when it's going to come to doing you this. Know, right. The, the only other big problem I see too is think about like for example, if Teslas are the only car on the road, think about all of those people um, that you know now are out of jobs in terms of your standard mechanics, right? Regular mechanics don't work on Teslas. You yeah, know, you, gotta get, you have to be Tesla certified. Every mechanic shop that you roll past, you know, if Teslas are, are the kind of standard for how cars are worked with in the future, you know, every mechanic shop will be out of business, right? Like, that's a big strain on the economy, right? That's a lot of jobs lost. So, and I mean, yeah, maybe, but maybe, maybe they'll go become solves- Tesla certified. I don't know, but it'll, 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 it'll be interesting to see the effect of this on the market. Honestly, I think this solves California's traffic problem, though. I think you have every Tesla on the road. It's just all self-driving cars, and they're all going to figure things out themselves. Okay, like, yeah, no doubt. My l- machine fix that. everything. They like always do. You know, it could be interesting, too, right? Because I know I know we had this debate a while back when it came to, you know, I like to drive, and, like, I don't want to lose my ability to drive for self-driving yes. cars. But, you know, maybe they could do something along the lines of, like, self-driving hours where during rush hour, you know, your car has to be in self-driving mode. Otherwise, you can't be on the road just in order mm-hmm. to keep down for high traffic times. And then, you know, during low traffic hours, you know, after maybe you set aside like four hours a day, it's it's self-driving only just to maintain uh, rush hour traffic at a minimum. Honestly, I'd rather have you the ability to self-drive all the time, but like, that's just me. Well, you could you could always have the ability to do it. I'm talking about enforcing it, right? Requiring it for certain hours because if everyone uh, isn't self-driving... You know, it's not optimal. You need you need everyone to be partaking. Otherwise, one guy could screw up. You know, the entire thing for everybody. He's going too slow in some oh, lane. Phil. Right. So sorry, right, you got you got to love Phil who messes up traffic. You know, traffic Phil. Anyway, we do have we I do have a couple more big time. articles I want to get through. Um, I right, saved hit us with it. I saved all of these for the last here. There's a handful of them, so let me kind of just go through a handful of them. We'll go, and then one more is the final one. So these are all Amazon-related news. This is a big week for Amazon, believe it or not. <laughs> you just love them. Every every tech cast you do, you just love them. They always you? have so much news. They're coming out with new stuff What is Amazon even all doing? All the time. Okay. I didn't hear anything about that. All right. Them, anyway, anyway, here it comes. Here it goes. So first big, big news stays with Ring, right? So Ring has made two product announcements. First one, a rather small one, but it kind of fits the current times pretty well. So Ring has just released a $30 mailbox sensor. So... Ooh. That's going to happen. Orders are going to be open on October 8th. And anytime someone tries to open or tamper with your mailbox, you'll get an alert. And it's also meant to pair really well with your Ring cameras. That way, when alerts happen, you can get specific video footage from your Ring doorbell or other Ring cameras that might be able to see that. Um, Does it shock them? It does. They steal it? It should. Uh, Ring is the best. I think Ring, side note, if you guys don't know the story of Ring. Ring, I think, is one of the best Shark Tank acquisitions yeah. that have ever happened. Oh, absolutely. And I think, it's, I think it's just fantastic that we see this technology keep evolving. I'm very happy for and those guys. And then we do have one more uh, product from Ring now. You guys are never going to believe this, but it's a Ring security drone that flies around your house. Okay? No way. I swear Whoa. to you. It's called the Ring that? Always Home Cam. And you can't control it manually, but you can have sensors placed around your house. And when those sensors are triggered... The camera will fly there by itself, and then it can come back and redock after it's done. So this will give you the ability to see anywhere in your house if there's a sensor or an alert or whatever. My one question, is it waterproof? 
Uh, I don't know if it's waterproof, but I'll tell you this. It's only 250 bucks. Oh, man, dude. Like, I'll buy that. As I'll opposed buy to this, there was, a, there was an alternative by this group called Sunflower Labs, and this was going to be estimated to cost 10 grand. So Ring just came out of nowhere and released, an, uh, released a competitor for, uh, like, I don't even know what that is. It's so much cheaper. It's freaking, like, 5% of the price of what the other one would have been. So Dude, imagine you have like five of these watching, like just hovering around, Dude, surrounding, no, like someone. tamper with your house. If they just see five droids hovering in your house constantly, I wouldn't even touch that house. That yeah. house is a no touch zone. And, and they, haven't Look, set, see... they haven't set a full release date for this yet, but it's sometime in 2021 is what they're anticipating. And I'm calling it right now. I already see some dude out in rural America, right? Right, because it tends to be those guys who's gonna hijack a shotgun to this thing and it's gonna fly around with a shotgun attached to it. He's gonna have a fire button yeah. if he doesn't like that. No, dude. So if, if, you, if, like, you, if you look at it, it's 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 very small. It's not big enough to do something like that. It it's probably can barely sustain itself, to be honest, in flight. Don't doubt, don't doubt their abilities. I'm telling you. Anyway, <laughs> very last article. We're just about out of time here, but I want to discuss this last piece. Like I said, another Amazon article here. This is this is a pretty big one here. Amazon has now just talked about. Amazon Luna. So this is a new cloud gaming service that's going to be provided by Amazon, made to be based on Fire TV. Um, it's going to be playable from Windows and Mac. And Ooh. get this, they're actually going to have very, very intuitive web apps for your iPhone and iPad, specifically to target Apple, so that way they can't charge them that 30% fee and can't block their app like they did Microsoft. So they aren't even attempting to make an app for these. It's purely going to be a web app. So that's really interesting. Um, Luna Plus is going to be $5.99 a month. The controller that they have, a custom controller, the early pricing is 50 bucks. So maybe it'll be 60 after non-early pricing. It's cool. Um, they got me. It'll be able to do 1080p, 60fps uh, streaming. They've done a teaser for 4K, although that's not going to be fully released at launch. Um, everything is hosted within AWS, which is, you know, probably the largest cloud infrastructure in the world right now. So that's going to mm-hmm. be probably really fast. Um, Wait, so how does this work? Do I subscribe and I get all the games? Yep, or that, exactly. is it like, yep. oh, so it's like Microsoft, not yep. like games, not Spotify, yeah, uh, Stadia. Yep, that's, that's, okay. that's, that's, that's it's how, already that's better. It it's me. already better. It's already um, better. And then what about like that, Apple Arcade? So this is going to be a huge thing against Apple Arcade, right? Of course, yeah. Well, like oh, I said, okay, it's not even the same feel. You're talking about like this, casual games. This they're is like specifically actual targeting games. them, right? Because they're not even making an app. So Apple doesn't even have a say. Apple can't even go like, nope, you're not coming on our app store. Sorry, Amazon. They pretty much just said, hey, Amazon, guess what? Or sorry, Amazon just said, hey, Apple, guess what? You know, we don't care. We're going to make a web app and go around all of your restrictions. Microsoft's listening. It's like, write that down, write that down. Just as a just as a note, I thought this was really really impressive. They only require 10 megabit per second uh, download speeds for 1080p streaming, what? and 35 megabit per second download speeds for 4K. So nah, just, nah, I gotta see that. I gotta see that. I believe that. That's, There's uh, no, that seems no pretty way. impressive. Latency is a huge concern when it comes to gaming, and you have to have a solid connection for that to even be. Also, nine, they have Sonic on Luna. They have Sonic? Oh, I'm running in. I'm in. In terms of they games, they have a couple of, uh, of of cool games that are out right now, but or that will be out when it comes out. Um, there's no exact release date that's been released for the service just yet. But Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft, whatever you want to call them, or however you want to say Ubi. it, is their Ubisoft. biggest named early publisher. And even though there's no game timeline, um, they did promise that um, 
Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be available. I just saw that, yeah. So that's a pretty impressive title right there. You can also sign up with your Ubisoft account if you yep. have one, so this is actually very interesting. Prime discount? I'm sorry? Is there a Prime discount? If I'm a Prime member, do I get a discount? You know, oh, that would maybe. be really interesting. Maybe they do something if, like include this in your Prime does, membership? That could be... If, I don't know about including. That sounds like asking for too much. I, even I'm not that uh, not that greedy. But if they can like give me a discount, like let's say even like four dollars a month, if you already have Prime or three, dude, I'm in. But I'll be real with you guys. I'll be. I'll. I'll say there's one caveat because I just looked it up now, right? I'll buy that controller too. This is a five ninety nine introductory price. Yep. This price is subject to go up after Luna early access, and it's of gonna. Course. They're gonna notify it's you. Like, it's like Netflix. It's exactly like Netflix. Yeah, yeah, so there's a 30-day heads up they're going to give you before they do it, but it's definitely an introductory price. But it's, I think it's, honestly, if if the game library is good enough, because I think this was the biggest problem with Stadia, right? Yep. Like, the game well, library no. sucked. Well, the game library was one of the issues, but the biggest issue was the way they did the model was that you had to subscribe, so the entry fee, and then you have to buy the games again. No one oh. wanted to do that. That's like a double pay- paywall to do that yeah not, not to mention that every game you buy is only available for that stadia system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you could even import your like existing library to it so it made no sense to do it yeah you're like it's like super expensive but this is what i'm saying already this is a way better off than stadia because what if a four is saying is true if it's exactly like microsoft's cloud i just pay a subscription fee and i get a whole netflix catalog of games i'm in and you know i'll I'm be in. real I think Xbox Gamer Pass still has the edge. I think they do. Because oh, they just have but, so much games. Yeah. There's just so much connections. They've been in the industry for way longer. They know that they know the network. They know what, what gamers are, are and like tapped into. And the cross-platform is huge. And the cross-platform is huge. So they definitely have an uphill battle against Microsoft. And I don't... I, I think the only way they can really, I think, snub the tail on Microsoft is with that price point yep, and availability. And but, I think Microsoft can, can snub them. Right off. Right, they have, they, they have the biggest cloud services in the world, Amazon, right? AWS not to mention, for like 60% Amazon, or not, something. Not to mention, we keep talking about how Microsoft has the money. Who has more money than Microsoft? Amazon has more money That's than Microsoft. True. So right, they actually, are Apple definitely... Does. Actually, Apple has the most. We're talking, about, we're talking about the players. We're talking about the players right now. Apple's <laughs> not in here. We can continue this another time. We are out of time for this week's TechCast Friday. Uh, this was episode nine. You know, quickly putting episodes behind us, you know. Excited my to keep this going. Um, but it's my number. This has been a uh, a really good... I think we had a lot of news here today. That was a big week with a lot of cool things going on. So You did surprise me with that Luna one. I was not... That, I that's a good ex- one. That was a good one. That was a good one. You're right. You, you, you really did get me Thank you. One. Thank you. I take a bow. I bow. My, uh, my <laughs> research <laughs> skills have been, Congrats. Congrats. have been flawless this week. But, All right, well, but guys, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you guys check us out on the429podcast.com and follow us on all of our social medias. Right, we're gonna announce some challenges and some at the exciting, you know, podcast. at the Fortune yeah. Podcast. We're gonna announce some now. challenges and some exciting events coming up soon. So please follow us, like, subscribe, do everything. Yep. Right? Comment, and then, comment on YouTube. Follow us right now. Don't even forget about it. You can always unfollow us anytime you want. <laughs> All right, guys, be good. See you on Sunday. Take care, guys. Bye, bye, guys.